Tisha Bader and in the news, the recently marked one year anniversary of the signing of the Abraham Accords, the normalization of ties between Israel and the United Arab Emirates and between Israel and the Kingdom of Bahrain with many milestones being reached since that signing in relations between the Gulf countries and Israel. Joining us now to discuss some of that progress and what the Accords have meant for the Jewish community in the region and in Bahrain in particular is Abraham Nunu, president of the Association of Gulf Jewish Communities and president of Bahrain's Jewish community. His family is one of the original Jewish families in Bahrain. Abraham also served as a member of Bahrain's Shura Council, its upper house of parliament. Abraham, thank you so very much for joining us here on JBS. It truly is an honor. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So as I just mentioned, we recently marked this historic anniversary of the signing of the Abraham Accords. Can you give us some background on what the relationship between Bahrain and Israel was like before the Accords were signed. Uh, um, as you know, Tisha, um, Bahrain is not new to, uh, to, to Jewish people. Um, uh, in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, there was a community of about 800 uh, Jewish people in, in Manama, uh, Manama being the capital of Bahrain. And uh, they were all traders uh, who who came to Bahrain from uh, Iraq and Iran. Uh, and they lived side by side with the, with the Muslims and the Christians and the Hindus. Uh, and there was a, a kind of like a coexistence going on in Manama uh, that was absolutely wonderful because my father told me that uh, in the 1940s, when uh, uh, the Jewish community used to use the synagogue, uh, that, uh, you know, whenever they had any festivals going on, uh, the others would all join in. Uh, I mean, they had the, the Christians and the Muslims joining in with the Jews uh, at the festivals. And they would, they would uh, easily go to each other's houses. They were, they were very much good neighbors uh, to each other. So the Bahrainis are not, um, they're not uh, kind of like, uh, they know what Jews are and they've lived with them. So when the, um, when the accords took place, uh, we were, uh, first of all, absolutely um, amazed that it, it took place. And it was a wonderful uh, piece of news for us. Uh, and of course, uh, the Bahrainis themselves, um, many of them were very excited about it. Uh, and especially those that felt that um, this, is, this has been a long time coming. So uh, uh, it's been wonderful news and uh, a lot of exciting developments have taken place since its signing. Absolutely, including the recent visit of Israel's foreign minister, Yair Lapid. I know you met with, with the foreign minister and you attended the opening of Israel's embassy in Manama. Is that something you thought you would see in your lifetime? What was that like? Uh, actually, no. I, I never, I never, I never expected to actually see something like this. But uh, it, it was really fantastic. Um, we were uh, uh, amazed by the group of people that came along to the event. It was uh, uh, wonderful to see them. Uh, it was a mixture of all walks of life, um, uh, especially seeing the Bahrainis that 
I know and I grew up with as well, uh, being there. That was that was that was a great event, really, and uh, it, it was very warm. Um, you could see that uh, Jews and and Muslims really go along together very well, in the sense that they mix very well, because their their habits and their cultures are very similar. Uh, so that was especially really pleasant to see. And I know you've spoken a lot about the resurgence of, of Jewish life in Bahrain, these life cycle events that have happened of late. There was the first bar mitzvah in 16 years held at your synagogue and the first Jewish wedding held in Bahrain in over 50 years, a family member of yours. So first of all, Mazaltov and Mabruk, um, Talk about that for a moment, if you can, and the significance of these events happening now and how much of an impact, how much connection there is to this sort of rebirth to the Accords. Uh, thank you. Yes, Tisha, it, it really was very significant. Uh, the Bar Mitzvah was a, a great event um, to have. Uh, and the wedding, of course, was a wonderful, wonderful event as well. Um, of course, uh, all, these th all these events uh, were not possible before. So, I mean, we had always kept a low profile uh, in the 70s and in the 80s and in the 90s. Um, but now, really, uh, now we can use the synagogue again. Uh, we have a Torah that was given by uh, Jared Kushner to uh, our king, and uh, our king has given it to the synagogue. So we have a Torah and we're fully operational. And the beauty of having a, a bar mitzvah in the synagogue is really, truly amazing. Uh, the wedding was a spectacular event uh, for us. And as you know, what Jewish weddings are all like, just a lot of dancing, a, a lot of fun, um, and dancing through the night and, and all that. So uh, yes, we all, we all really had a, had a wonderful, wonderful event. And, and it wasn't just the, the Jewish community. We had our relatives come over from, uh, from Israel, from America, uh, from far away. And uh, we also had uh, some uh, local Bahrainis who are friends of the family. So it was uh, an absolutely wonderful event. That's lovely. And so you mentioned in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the Jewish community keeping a sort of low profile. So what would happen um, in those times for a wedding, a bar mitzvah, any of these life cycle events, a, a, a bris, how would they be celebrated or, or would they be celebrated at all? Well, Tisha, what, what used to happen is that all events would take place, all major events would uh, generally take place in Europe or America. So we would always go to London for a wedding or we'd go uh, to London for a bar mitzvah or go to America, depending on where the family uh, were um, who were having the event. So um, no events like that could take place in Bahrain. And of course, the community was a very, very small community. It's been a very, very small community since 1967. So for us, uh, having the ability now to bring in our relatives um, without any problems is, is, is the driving force for us to be able to have these events here. Uh, of course, we, we definitely need more than 10 men to do a proper service, and that's all happening now. 
Uh, of course, in the Gulf as well, we have a, a very large community in the Emirates. Um, not a very large community, but a, a large enough community in the Emirates. And we can call on, on rabbis to come over here whenever the, the need uh, is there. Um, and uh, our community, hopefully, will be, uh, will be a growing community as well. So we're, we're very excited about it. And of course, um, I, to be honest with you, we are looking forward to being able to live Jewish lives again uh, in Bahrain, in the sense that it's not, it doesn't have to be only at home. Because since 1948, everybody was doing the prayers at home. Everybody got used to doing the prayers at home and, and doing the festivals at home and keeping a low profile. Uh, and now really we don't need to keep that low profile anymore. Now we can, we can celebrate and celebrate with our Bahraini brethren, um, which is a wonderful thing to do. That really is so special. And I'm sure, you know, just feels incredible to have, as you said, celebrations at home in your, in your country and have your family be able to come and, uh, and celebrate with you in that way. So you mentioned the, the region and working with other Jewish communities, for example, in the Emirates, you are the president of a very new organization, the Association of Gulf Jewish Communities. And I know they have a, a strong connection to this resurgence of Jewish life uh, in Bahrain and other areas. Talk a bit about what, how that came to be, how this organization came to be founded and what your main focus is. Well, our main focus is to have some sort of coordination to be able to help uh, Jews who are in the Gulf to be able to have a Jewish life. For instance, if they need kosher food or they need uh, any uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Jewish books or, or prayer books, or if they need any um, uh, anything for the festivals, anything to help them out with the festivals. Well, we're a source of help for that. Uh, and we want to create that um, kind of union in a way which will uh, be able to support every, every Jew in the Gulf uh, to carry on his Jewish life. Uh, and that was, that, that was the aim of, of creating the AGJC. Now, we know that the Emirates community is the largest community in the Gulf. And of course, they have uh, most of the requirements that they need. They've got now, I think, kosher restaurants. Um, but of course, in the other parts of the Gulf, there aren't, uh, they don't have those facilities. So we're here to actually be able to support those communities that need any uh, support. So for instance, if anybody needs a bar mitzvah, anybody needs to um, to have a, a bar mitzvah, then they can actually, uh, we can support that. We can, we can have them come over to Bahrain and they can do the bar mitzvah here. Uh, we, can, we can supply them with whatever prayer books they need, with maybe even uh, a, a rabbi or a chazan or somebody to help them out. So that's really the intention of the AGJC. And I know you also work with officials in the Bahraini government to sort of facilitate some of these things happening. How has that been? How has that coordination been? I mean, I know you personally have served, uh, as we mentioned, uh, in the government in the country. So I'm, I gather that you're used to sort of those dealings. But I wonder if you've come up with any 
been faced with any challenges uh, in these new efforts? Well, well, I must tell you, Tisha, that we're not, uh, I mean, as an AGJC, we're not at all political or anything or motivated by any politics or anything like that. We're a very loose uh, group of people who are connected by any requirements or needs that we need for uh, having a, a proper Jewish life. And I must tell you that uh, the Bahraini authorities have been, have been very supportive of helping us uh, in any help that we require. Uh, and the, the truth is the Emirates has also been very, very supportive. So we are very, very happy to uh, be able to say that we can support uh, Jewish life wherever it may be in the Gulf. Uh, and that is a wonderful thing to be able to say. It really is. Absolutely. What would you like? I know the, the skies will soon be open or are there already direct flights on uh, Gulf Air? Are there, the flights have started already between Tel Aviv they and Bahrain? They have started. And Amazing. We've had plenty of visitors come over to Bahrain. And what they love, and I've got to tell you, what they absolutely adore about Bahrain is the fact that they can talk to Bahrainis and they really feel so close to the Bahrainis in the sense that they get on so well. Um, it, it's kind of like, um, it, it surprises me actually how well they do get on with the Bahrainis. And uh, one of the things I've noticed is that when I take them on a, like a, a mini tour of Manama, uh, th their, their favorite place is the Souq al-Shabi, which is the open stall market. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where they can, uh, they can buy spices or they can buy Bahraini sweets. And, and they love that stuff, you know. So, so it's, it's absolutely wonderful to see it. Uh, and uh, most of the visitors that we've had so far have been thrilled to see the synagogue. They've been thrilled to see the, the, the shop that does Judaica art. Um, they've been thrilled to actually see the markets in Bahrain, uh, and uh, that's what's coming um, through very strongly. It sounds wonderful. What are some of the historic sites that you're taking people to that you would say are really worth making a visit? Well, we have a Portuguese fort. Um, of course, the Portuguese were the first who came to Bahrain. I think it was in the, in the, in the mid-16th century. Um, we, have, uh, uh, we have a mosque uh, with a, um, uh, a center for global coexistence, which is a very interesting um, kind of like a foundation set up by the king um, that, that has members who are Jews, who are Hindus, who are Christians, uh, Muslims, all connected. Uh, and we have uh, other sites in Muharra that is called a pearl root, and that's uh, about the old houses and the old heritage centers that existed in the old days, um, which is a very, very popular place to visit. It sounds beautiful. And the people there sound, it's just lovely to hear these warm relations developing between Bahrainis and Israelis. How do you feel the Abraham Accords, the progress made between Israel and Bahrain, these warming of relations, how can that set an example for the rest of the Arab world, for the Middle East region, to show this incredible coexistence, an example of moderates in the Arab world, in Muslim-majority countries? How do you see this, or do you see a ripple effect happening 
And what is your hope for other countries to follow suit? Well, Tisha, one thing I have to I have to stress is that you have to remember that since 1948 uh, and onwards, uh, the the press used to be so anti-Israel. I mean, Israel was always an enemy uh, of the people. So the kids growing up uh, were always taught, "Oh yeah, yeah, Israel's an enemy," you know. So now, uh, now we've got the Abraham Accords. Everything is no. Israel's not an enemy. Israel is a friend. So now you're trying to tell people that everything that they learned or everything they were told has got to completely turn about. So it's going to take a bit of time for people to accept uh, the new uh, form. And I, I think they are, they are accepting it and they are uh, accepting it in a way that they're saying, well, we'd like to see how benefits are going to come about from the relationship. And uh, I've got to tell you that uh, we've had Israeli uh, visitors come to Bahrain who are looking to invest in Bahrain. And I think the economics of it will show the Bahraini people that yes, Israel is definitely a friend. But better than that, I'm seeing how warm uh, the Bahrainis are to the Israeli visitors. And that's a very good sign. It's a very healthy sign. And I think it's because they get on so well. I think Israelis and Bahrainis seem to get on very, very well. You can tell that by the ambassador who, who the Bahraini ambassador who went to Israel. He got on so well with, with everybody there. And of course, the Israeli, the Israeli team that, that came out to Bahrain, they get on so well with the Bahrainis here. So uh, it, it's, a, it's like a win-win for everybody, really. But it's going to take a bit of time for the Bahrainis to understand that Israel is a friend. And I think that's got to seep through the Gulf uh, in a way that's going to take a bit of time. So we mustn't think, oh yeah, this should happen now. We must really think this is going to happen in the future. But we're just going to take small steps, you know, one at a time. Absolutely. And I, I just think it's so beautiful what you said, because when you can show on those two levels, on an official government level of officials getting along and signing agreements and inking deals together and the people on the ground, the people in the street that are meeting each other for the first time and finding all these things they have in common and finding the ease in communicating. That is really everything, everything you could possibly ask for because you're showing the world that we have this common humanity, that cooperation, partnership is possible, and peace is possible, ultimately. So I think it's it's hugely significant. And as you said, it's a good reminder that these things also take time, and they don't happen overnight. Can I, can I just add that I, I get the feeling that when Israelis come here, they feel like they're at home. They mm. really do. You know, they get a good feeling about being here. Um, and and, and, I, and I, I can't stress enough how nice it is to see them get along so well. And, and maybe, maybe that's why the, the Jews that originally came from Iraq in the 1920s and 30s and 40s, uh, my grandfather being one of them, um, and, and when he came over, he felt so comfortable here that, uh, you know, uh, he never wanted to leave. I mean, he was very, very happy here. And the Bahraini Jews that have lived here, uh, the indigenous community, who they, they will tell you that they are Bahrainis first, They're, because... It's the culture that actually makes you 
uh, it gives you your nationality. So in a way, they'll always say that they're Bahrainis. And I mean, they can be Jewish, they can be Christian, they can be Muslim, but first they're Bahrainis. And that's the culture that they hold. Well, it's truly been such an honor to speak with you, Abraham. And, and just to hear some of these stories, which I think really give incredible hope for the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Abraham. Nunu, president of the Association of Gulf Jewish Communities and president of the Jewish community in Bahrain. We thank him for his time and thanks as always to our director, Sloan Copeland, managing director, Dara Golub, technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and our producer, Carol Lilienthal. And thank you for watching In the News here on JBS. I'm Tisha Bader, be well.